I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Oh, and I need a laugh, there's a helping people. But Tom Fox talking to these funny people. He's asking what they find and they're telling the stories. Can somebody yell another name of the show, please? It's my maid. Welcome along. This is yet another episode of My Made Water Toaster. My name's Tom Price. And my guest today is the fabulous comedian Ahir Shah. Ahir, hello. Welcome. Hello. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. How's it going? Good, thank you. Very good indeed. Uh, we should point out straight away, you've had a lovely pre-pod croissant. How was that? Extremely soft. Was it? Actually, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was, uh, th- there wasn't time to warm it up. Uh, mm. So, you know, that 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 was a concern. Yeah. Um, but it really no. The the people of France know what they're doing on that front. They they really do. They also know that they're they're killing you. I I think croissants are, are kind of <laughs> they're weaponized. Have you seen how much butter? Have you seen? Because they they taste delicious. And like mo- a lot of people will add butter and maybe a bit of jam to their croissant. The amount yeah. of butter it's it's way more butter than actual bread stuff in a croissant. Way more. Re- okay, Gen- so genuine, genuine like fear. I've seen so I've seen that on the packet it says like. Or butter croissant, and I'm like, yeah. oh well, that's good because butter's yeah. tasty and mm-hmm. everything. But you're telling me that this is—it's largely butter. So what if, I'm consuming. If you got, say, you got uh, a normal block of butter, like a supermarket block of butter, none of the spreadable okay. bullshit because that is bullshit. Two fifty G's, a little uh, G's. Yeah, yeah, I would say it's probably got a third of one of those in it, like wrapped into the bread. You've, you've just had a third in in one croissant. In, in one croissant, it's insane. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, right. Um, yeah. So I think you'll find I've had two thirds of <laughs> a block of butter in that oh case. Oh my god! You've double, you've double croissant. Yeah, yeah. Oh, <laughs> because so I didn't nice. think it was. Are you in a hotel at some sort of breakfast buffet? That's the only time I'd ever do that, or Christmas. <laughs> no. Oh uh, no, although uh, it was brought to my flat uh, yesterday by my parents, who had nabbed more than they needed from exactly that. There you go. Breakfast there you go. But the, it's the only robbery that I'll allow. Burglarising a breakfast buffet. That is the only robbery that's allowed. It's when when my wife. And we will start the show shortly. Um, when we were on honeymoon, my wife and I went to the Maldives, right, which is still to date the most expensive holiday we've ever had or will ever have, right? Mm. And they had a breakfast buffet that was just, it looked like you were at the funeral of a king every morning. It was insane. (laughs) It was insane. Tables and tables and tables and accommodating different breakfasts from around the world. So sushi and obviously your your croissant scenario, your cereal scenario. But food there was really expensive. So we used to steal from the breakfast buffet every morning in order to have lunch because we were on... We were on that, you know, I don't know what it's called, the package where you don't have to pay for anything apart from right. lunch. All-inclusive. Yeah, all-inclusive apart from any any additional meals. Oh. It wasn't all-inclusive. It was like, um, 
uh, I don't know what it is, but like part-time, let's call it part-time. Let's call it semi-detached. And right. um, so you'd have to pay for lunch. And like, and we found on the first day lunch costs in Maldives, it was like 40 or 50 quid for lunch to stand like Whoa. a sandwich. Yeah, right. So we just, I'd go in with my cricket hat on and just flip it <laughs> and literally put my, put my arm like that. And just like I was sweeping crumbs away from a, a kid's post-kid's meal into my hat and then put the hat back on. Right? Oh my god! I like like how Paddington always has yes. a marmalade sandwich under his hat. Exactly. Oh my god! I've only just I've only just connected those dots. <laughs> I Paddington. <laughs> I'm so happy with that. Um, all right, listen. Uh, let's dive in, shall we? Here, we're going to go into your yes. um, your Amazon account. We're going to go right back uh, to the beginning. All right. So I'm uh, looking hmm. here at uh, August 2010. Yes. So that would have been the summer break after my first year of university okay right where were you at university cambridge very nice very nice uh, and how was year one because some people have a bit of a wobble in year one were you in a kind of this is the best thing that's ever happened to me moment or were you not uh no i i, I was very much in the this is the best thing that's ever happened i mean i sort of well i i went to my local comprehensive in northwest london uh and that's the sort of world that i knew existed and then suddenly 18 year old me was transported into this place where i got to live in a castle with a pub in it like that's why would that not be amazing oh my god you be, you basically go and live in a national trust property don't you when you go <laughs> yeah and like all of the all of the people who went to like very fancy schools and what have you i was like well you're missing out on the full impact of this because yeah. Yeah, to yeah. you, this is just like, oh yeah, well obviously everywhere looks like this. Like my house looks like this, so why would it not? But I would imagine. Whereas I'm like, that's stone. What? <laughs> I would imagine that if I had got to such a place as that, I would just spend the, the first year just looking at just like a gar. Do you know what I mean? Like a gas. Did you feel? Did you feel like yeah, I deserve to be here? This is all good. Or were you just going? They've made a terrible mistake. <laughs> yeah, you should always feel that they've made a terrible mistake. That's a. <laughs> Yeah, it's a good it's a good approach to life. Um, all right, fine. Well, talking of approaches to life and philosophies, uh, we have got on the twenty second of August, twenty ten. Uh, mm -hmm. We've got a whole bunch of things bought here. The myth of Sisyphus uh, by someone called uh, Albert Camus. He sounds great. Mm -hmm. Albert. It sounds a bit like Albert yeah, Camus, yeah. but um, old Albie Cams. Albie Cams. Um, and we've got also George Orwell books v cigarettes, both part of the Penguin Great Ideas. Theory uh, uh, series. Yeah. Um, tell us more. Uh, well, this is exactly the sort of thing uh, that uh, pseudo intellectual nineteen year old would uh, want to have. In that, like, they they feel particularly when you're there, like you're like, well, this is very clever uh, <laughs> that, I, that I've got these, and fundamentally, it's just like a little pamphlet. Yes. Uh, it's uh, it's uh, it's it's uh, the the return to uh, the return to effort ratio is very strong, mm. uh, and then yeah, I could you know stand around with my rollies uh, discussing <laughs> the fact that. One must imagine Sisyphus happy, uh, and <laughs> so is not it, really know. Which is the Sisyphus one? Is that the flying too close to the sun or not? That's Icarus. That's Icarus. Ah, oh, mm. you. No wonder I went to Warwick. For God's <laughs> sake. Which one's Sisyphus? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, no, no. My my sister, my sister went to Warwick as well, and she's constantly being like, "Ah, oh, here, stop flying too close to the sun, like Sisyphus." <laughs> it's. I don't have the heart to tell her. <laughs> it's a Warwick thing. It's a Warwick thing. Yeah. And it's like, my, my brother-in-law went to Warwick as well, so she, he's backing her up. 
I've got nowhere to go. <laughs> Listen, mate, you can take your castle in the sky. We had a fucking art centre, yeah? So... <laughs> I've, I've been to that art centre. Yeah, I've, I'm I've sure both, you have. I've both been when I was visiting my sister um, and I've performed there. A, ni- a nice moment. Is that... A- yeah, 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 really, because my sister's eight years older than me, so it was oh, okay. like going up to visit her was like, you know, her being at university was like the most grown-up thing that yes. you could possibly imagine. Yes. Um, so when I was like... Yeah, like 11 when I went to Warwick Art Centre and uh, we went to see something like a a physical, it was like a physical theatre sort of thing. And it was, it was really cool. Yeah. Um, Like uh, the sort of thing that you sort of really appreciate as a child uh, and then feels sort of scary and like, oh no, will I understand that? As something the older that you get, yeah, uh, yeah, and everything. But when you're a kid, you're just like, oh yeah, just, sure, this is happening. Cool, why not? <laughs> um, let it let it all in. But they, I had the same thing here. So I've got two brothers who are eight and ten years older than me, and ah. the youngest one by a mile always ends up being the show off. This is what happens to us. <laughs> right. Okay. So in many ways, so this entire discussion is just. Uh, us rehashing sort of all of the uh, sort of inevitable mental consequences of our parents fucking late. Yeah. I mean, I see it now when my second kid, I don't give a shit about my second one. I put, I put, <laughs> I put all the effort and imagination into the first one and he plays beautifully. The second one just sits on the screen. I'm like, Fuck, so I must have been totally neglected. What's the, what's the gap between the two of them? Yeah, I'd love to say it was, a, it, was a, it was only three and a half years. Just Right, okay. I've got but a very no, short my mother, my mother said exactly the same thing, that she was like, when, when your sister was a baby... Yeah. We're like, God, like if she took the slightest knock from anything and what have you, you're like, oh my God, this is awful. Uh, and like, what can we do? Really need to protect this uh, thing and make sure, like, and be as attentive as we possibly can. And then eight years older, I come along and apparently they were like, yeah, they basically just bounce. You can just dribble them <laughs> around the place. Like, that'll be, that'll be fine. It's, it's like your first child you see as a kind of, uh, as a raw egg out of the fridge and you can't imagine dropping it. And then someone whispers in your ear, actually, it's hard boiled. So by the <laughs> By the time the ne- next one's come along, you're like, thunk, 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 thunk. It's fine, it's fine, don't worry about it. It's terrible, mate. It's completely terrible. Um, I'm, uh, so I'm, I'm very, I very much connect with the idea of you doing it. It's incredibly impressive to end up at you know, Cambridge studying. What were you doing? PPE, something philosophy? It's uh, so the the Cambridge one was called uh, SPS at that right. time, Social and Political Sciences. But basically, uh, was PPE. That's basically what it was. It, it was sort of that without the maths, really. Oh, thank God! Oh, mm. amazing. Uh, but but do you think that part of the reason you did that and achieved so highly uh, was having the older sibling and sort of uh, wanting to perpetuate that? Because I remember seeing like my brother's essays when I was like, you're, you know, like we're talking 10, 11, 12 and seeing his essays and thinking, my God, my brother is basically a, a professor. This is amazing. And you kind of mm. try and want to fill that role. You want to do that. And then I ended up way over, uh, I was way cleverer than them by the time I was 18. No offense to them. They're this, this. They don't even know how to work, fucking work the podcast app. So it's fine. But I did. I, I, academically, I did better than them because I feel like I saw them and wanted to perpetuate them. But see, I think it's different because like I, I read my, or I tried to read my sister's dissertation Oof. when, well, she was 21, so I was 13 and everything. Oof. But the problem is, like, because she was doing sociology, that was the thing that I couldn't really get my head around. Whereas, like, if she'd been doing, like, English yeah. or something, then I would have at least been like, oh, this is something 
that not not that the sort of English that you study at school is anything like what you'd end up doing uh, at university, but at least I'd have a framework of, all right, so she's probably writing about books, trying to analyse them, think about that. Um, whereas, like, I didn't know what sociology, I didn't even know the word sociology, other than the fact that that's what my sister did at university. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, I was very, uh, I, I could, like, she wrote her dissertation on the caste system in India, um, and I did. I didn't know very much about that, even even from a fa- like because as a family we never uh, talked about it because that was always seen as like well that's a very regressive thing and who cares. Mm-hmm. Um, so I didn't even really know. Like I still I still I don't I don't know what cast I am. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's either like I, I don't think I'm either one of the top guys or the bottom guys. Uh, I think we're just we're sort of floating somewhere. Um, is that what your sister yeah. said in her dissertation? Because that is a very basic yeah, yeah. dissertation. <laughs> I just feel like if if we were if we were the top guys, one of my grandmothers would have mentioned it at some stage, <laughs> <laughs> and, they, and they haven't. So. Um, also, we've got the George Orwell here as well. I fucking love George Orwell because um, I remember reading when I was about 16, keep the Aspidistras flying. And he's just, I think almost 95% of the ideas washed, uh, you know, washed through me very much like a stream, just washing away. Bits of it, I maybe retain the odd bit of intellectual moss from it. But basically, he just writes so simply, doesn't he, George Orwell? It's just like reading uh, paperback fiction, isn't it? It's it's so easy to read. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, uh, which sort of explains, I guess, the the massive popularity among uh, teenagers, because definitely I was uh, of a similar age when um, I started reading him. Uh, And yes, it is, but but that was very much in his uh, rules of writing, right? Like, he was always use the plainest language that you conceivably can Mm. uh, and everything. And these things, yeah, was supposed to be accessible. Mm. Uh, And, and like, I mean, as if you think about it, like, given that one of his books is basically like, what if the Russian revolution but pigs? (laughs) (laughs) Like, like, but to the extent that when I started learning about the Russian revolution later, uh, sort of in my mid-teens, I was like, gosh, this is a lot like Animal Farm, isn't it? Can you imagine imagine being at Cambridge and saying, oh, so like Animal Farm, can you imagine? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's quite, it's quite extraordinary, isn't it, that he that he set it because you could almost do it, read that book to an eight or nine year old, like mm. come on Chomsky, step up, you guys, you are complicating <laughs> things. Do you know what I mean? There's not who's doing that these days. Who's doing that these days? Well, I, I think that that's uh, that's very true, and I think that like certainly, I found when I was reading stuff at university, initially sort of there's this real shock of and it was it was always largely sort of like french theorists and philosophers and maybe i was just reading bad translations or what but it was always like it always seemed just really really complicated mm. and i would like asking friends on my court it's like can you make heads or tails of this i've got no idea what the guys are attracted and they were like no it's, it's pretty it's pretty complicated um and at first you feel bad and then after a while, you got like, look, I am, I'm, I'm sitting down and reading this like entirely sober and devoting my attention to it. And I'm not an idiot. <laughs> and if I'm not able to make head or tails of it, that's a you problem as a communicator, <laughs> not a me problem as the person understanding it. Yes. That's why I love comedy so much, right? Yeah. Because jokes are, 
jokes are dense information packed in and the laugh is you getting it mm. right you have to understand the thing mm. and it, it's so lovely like so yeah that's what comedy is such like a simple way of communicating complex information yes. Uh, yes. that I really can't stand now whenever I read extraordinarily turgid prose. Yes. Uh, I'm like, well, you're, you're trying to make yourself sound fancy. Yes, so and true. I think that it's, I think it's covering up for the fact that you've got fuck all to say. <laughs> it's so true. It's all decoration and fripperies mm. and you're putting fairy lights all over this stuff. What are you actually yeah. telling me? What, it's, I love, I love that idea as well. That, that, that's always been the satisfying thing about comedy is it's like, it's, I was going to say it's like poetry, that's too crass. It's like a zip file. Like, I'm going to send you yeah, a zip file. You that's guys exactly are, how you, I think of it. You guys are going to decompress this zip file now. It's all compacted in here and it's just going to land. And if it doesn't, that's my bad. It's not because you haven't got the right decompression software. That is my bad as the sender of yeah. the zip file. And that is, uh, well, having said that, there's a lot of comedians, myself included, I will often use the audience as the reason for not getting stuff. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Famously. But basically, yeah, it's, it's on you, man. It's on you. And academics don't seem to have that same thing, do they? But I, th- I think that this is also, like, part of the reason... Because I, towards the end of my degree, I think it was like, oh, well, I'm so interested in uh, political philosophy and social theory and stuff like that, that maybe it would be interesting to carry on in academia for a while. And I mm. applied for a master's and didn't get it, which was absolutely the correct call <laughs> on the part of the University of Oxford, where I applied to for it. What did you apply for a master's st- in? Political theory. Right. But my my personal statement may as well just have been me repeatedly saying, I am not ready for the real world. Please don't make me go to the real world. And they would have been a lot more accepting of that, where it, the fact that uh, there's another box, which is like, do you have independent funding for this? And I was like, obviously not. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I was basically like, um, could you give me money so that I, uh, <laughs> so that I just don't have to be afraid? <laughs> but it is, no, like, it's a horrible... No. It's a horrible time leaving university is a really miserable time because yeah. uh, you've got face up to the real world. I mean, you were doing that. When did you leave uni? Like then, 2012, I guess? 2012, yeah. You're leaving it. It's a difficult time. There is uh, all your friends disperse. Everyone sort of just goes everywhere. It's a really, really unpleasant time. So the idea of staying on for a master's, everyone I know who's done a master's is a fucking coward. <laughs> like, when you see them with those letters after their name, is it MA that goes for masters? I'm like, yeah, that's Latin for coward. Yeah. That's fine. But then <laughs> they know it. They all admit it. My nephew, he's like 25 and he's doing a fucking PhD. King of the cowards, mate. King of the cowards. It's fine. It's fine. Don't be ashamed of it. Don't be ashamed of it. It's fine. Yeah. Well, I, so, so basically I was like, oh, do I want to carry on just like writing this academic stuff that I love reading and whatnot? Um, but then it was exactly that about um, the way that those things are communicated. And you realise it because it's a very insular group just writing for one another and students, yes. right? Like yeah. it's so if you publish a book that you've worked really, really hard on and is a very important thing and like you've come up with good research and what have you. But who's reading that? Other people who have the same job as you, as a professor of X, Y, and Z, mm. and people who are studying yeah. X, Y, and Z. Yeah. And you've got to be very, very lucky to break out of that sort of situation. It's nicher than this um, podcast. Yeah. Yeah, 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 that's yeah, yeah. Fair. exactly. That's fair. Um, it's true, it's true. Whereas with comedy, like, we've got... It's basically the only sort of, like... I mean, there are such things as public lectures and what have you. Not many people go to them. Mm. But as a stand-up, it's basically like this is 
the last sort of remaining thing of just public oratory mm-hmm. where you're like, these are my ideas about the world. And yes. it doesn't have to be your ideas about the world. I love seeing people do silly one-liners or silly songs or whatever. Yeah. Um, but you have the ability to do that if you want to. Mm. And that's a really that's a really lovely thing. And to be able to articulate the way that you see the world or think about things to an audience larger than fellow academics in your discipline. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Beyond the mosh pit full of dons. <laughs> Out to the outside world. Um, and then, uh, then we skip ahead now. So we're still in 2010. Um, and we have got a load of things on the 30th of December. You've, you've dropped 45 big ones here. Oh, yeah. Go on, big here. Nice stuff to read as well. Uh, on the, the gap in between Christmas and New Year, everyone wants to read Penguin Great Ideas on the Suffering of the World. That's that nice... <laughs> Light stuff as you go into the new year. Uh, that's by yeah. Arthur Schopenhauer. Schopenhauer. Yeah, the, uh, the the quote that's on the front of that book is still uh, what. Like, I think part of the reason that I like it's like I realise that lots of the things that I really like are just because they contain jokes. Like, mm. good philosophy and interesting philosophy inevitably contains jokes or like things that like they're not designed to make you laugh but it's like i really like rap music because rap music is very funny yeah. uh like people are always making like little jokes and um things like that. Uh, but like yeah the famous line from on the suffering of the world is uh that a simple calculation to work out if the amount of pleasure in this world exceeds the amount of pain is to compare the feeling of the animal engaged in eating with the feelings of the one being eaten <laughs> uh, right. like, Nice. What a, what a neat little. Uh... That's nice. I like that. I like that. Um, this is all big stuff. Also, are you on a, some sort of deal with Penguin? These guys are absolutely nailing it with you. Penguin social scientist. <laughs> yeah. Discipline and punish the birth of the prison. I mean, Jesus Christ. I suppose when you're stuck at, at home with your family, the birth of the prison feels right. <laughs> but again, the 30th of December. Uh, take this is a. a is it Foucault? Foucault? Michel Foucault? Yeah, Foucault. Foucault. Okay. Discipline and punish was Foucault. Go on. Tell us. Um, so, yeah, I, I just find it very interesting. Like, because I think, like, so the way that I sort of understand a lot of the world uh, is largely through the prism of, like, the thinking of Nietzsche, <clears throat> who uh, but most people are like, wasn't he that Nazi guy? No. <laughs> very importantly, no. <laughs> right? That's absolutely uh, not that sort of thing. And... Uh, and uh, I always thought that, um, you know, his his ways of um, seeing the world and stating that, you know, there maybe there aren't sort of absolute truths or absolute ways of looking at the world uh, and need to inform everything sort of historically contingent and dependent and uh, that even like morality can have a history mm. uh, and not just be... And so... Uh, that, and that's something that Foucault really ran with, and I think informed Goyce as well. Um, the, the birth of the prisons, very like looking at the movement of the body, uh, like the body as the site of punishment, mm. uh, really, and the fact that it like used to be just like very violent on the body, mm. and we've moved to a situation where it's like you've been naughty, go to a little room for ages. Uh, and just like how that works and how, what that says about power at different uh, in different types of society. Mm. Uh, and if, for example, like, you know, one could readily imagine that if you have a less centralized uh, state in like the late 
1700s, early 1800s or something like that. And there's just like the king who's some guy yeah. uh, ages away who you're never going to encounter. Then maybe ma- the maintenance of power in an environment like that does mean that if you offend the law, then bloody retribution is what's going to be because that like uh, th- that can better cement the power of something very far away and very abstract. Mm. Um, whereas now when like the state is around you constantly mm. uh, and everything, right? Like if you get in a car and you're doing that because you have the license from the DVLA and there's a, a speed camera and then you're like a final do. <laughs> Cause yeah. uh, it's like, we don't need to give you 40 lashes for <laughs> going at 35 and a 30. <laughs> I don't know. Sometimes when I get those fines, I do think, oh, I might have just got whacked once on the back. <laughs> just, like, Cause I, I'm really tight. And like, uh, six, yeah. 65 quid or just being hit really hard. <laughs> Do you think that'd be an option? But then, I don't know, maybe you'd just get, like, intentionally speeding masochists. <laughs> just guys what, wearing gimp masks, going as fast yeah, as possible. Yeah. yeah, hit me, your majesty, hit me, your majesty. <laughs> Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Um, uh, OJ says, I was disappointed by this book. We're talking, uh, let's not forget about discipline and punish the birth of the prison. Mm-hmm. Uh, imagine being also, very quickly before I get into someone's review, imagine being the first person to arrive in a brand new prison. You'd be so, so torn, wouldn't you? You'd be like, oh, brand new. Oh, lovely. That's nice. I oh, know I'm yeah, still. Yeah, yeah. Like, uh, that, uh, that, new, that new jail smell. <laughs> I am the first person to cry for my mother in this prison. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> it's on, well on the subject of um, you know in Paddington Two, which I watched mm. two or three times over the course of the Christmas period because oh, it's yeah. that and Paddington One are basically the greatest films ever made. The um, greatest films ever made, and how Hugh Grant didn't get an Oscar for his role in Paddington Two will is will yeah I know nominated, but that's not good enough. Not good enough. No, he deserved it. Uh, but yeah, like when Paddington uh, is in jail in that, I'm just like. This jail is actually quite nice. Like it's, it's it's nicer than some places I've lived in London for sure. Did you feel yourself turning into a Daily Mail reader? Those prisons. <laughs> yeah, yeah. These guys they get cupcakes, they get marmalade, oh, and they're singing and dancing. They're having a great. They're putting on shows for the guards. For God's yeah. sake, they should be punished. Yeah, hang that bear. That's what I say. <laughs> 
Yeah, a corporal punishment version of Paddington 2 would be much, a much shorter film. Much shorter <laughs> film. He, uh, he burgled someone and he was, he was hung from the neck until dead. <laughs> the end of the movie. Um, OJ says, I was disappointed by this book. Well, OJ, of course, would be disappointed. OJ's never been to prison in his life. Um, I wasn't... Genuinely, he's called OJ. Uh, I wasn't going into this with any political stance in mind, just mostly wanting to have an analysis pretend, presented of history, <coughs> history's practices on various types of criminal punishment. Well, it really didn't take long at all, and I mean within the first 50 pages, for some serious red flags to pop up, which were factual errors very easy to clear up. The hypothesis and theory presented in this book seem uninformed. There are some great and interesting anecdotes in here, but when Foucault, 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 uh, tries to make a case, it simply falls flat on its face. But then they have written flat on it is, it apostrophe <laughs> S's face. So... Yeah. But then yeah. I think that, and this is a thing that's been uh, levelled at Foucault in many ways, like in the history of sexuality in particular, uh, people are like, you basically just made that up, didn't you? <laughs> like, but it's, um, I think that when one knows that, uh, it's, uh, it's important to remember that so much in philosophy is about vibes. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> can you say that in a seminar? Yeah. I'm just vibing on this stuff here. I've read Sophie's World. I can do this. And so I think that that's uh, why I like writers like him, uh, because it's like how, uh, you know, like people hundreds of years ago and stuff would just be like, I reckon this is what the sun is. <laughs> and everyone's like, <laughs> like, you don't know. <laughs> yeah, can you disprove it? No, therefore that's yeah, what yeah. it is. I mean, admittedly, doing stuff like that in the second half of the 20th century when Foucault was writing was uh, yeah, like, a bit on that people can check stuff now. <laughs> <laughs> Shit, check mm. it. I do often think that I'd love to go back in time and just be really fucking smart. Yeah, go back yeah. like two, three hundred years and just, hey guys, before you do this operation, give that little rinse. You're welcome. <laughs> you know <what> I mean? <laughs> the difference I could make. Well, you know, um, you know, do you know the story about the the first guy who said like we should really wash things before operations and whatnot? No. So uh, this is hundreds of years ago, I think in Italy. Um, and so he was like, you know, just worked out as it was surprising that people hadn't before that, you know, certain people were dying really quickly after medical procedures and other people were. And he's like, oh, well, it turns out when you like clean stuff a bit, that's that helps and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, but people didn't just think that he was wrong. Like he got like essentially sectioned for, for thinking that. <laughs> No. Yeah, and the rest of his life, like he was sort of locked up, like as a lunatic, for suggesting that people clean surgical implements and stuff like that. Oh my god! Um, and Just a was... bit of lemon juice. Put some lemon juice on the knife. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, get in there, you nut. <laughs> wow. Is that true? That's unbelievable. Yeah. Get, get in that room and stay in that room. We need to go buy leeches. <laughs> yeah. And I'm running low on mercury. So. Oh, oh my god. We've got to go. Also, the, the one I always think about is the most medieval, and it happened relatively recently, was the bleeding idea. You're ill. We're going to drain your blood. You're going to drain your body of its life source. Just going to bleed you. Like, it's incredible that they ever thought that would work. Yeah. Uh, it's a, well, it's a, it's a Dr. Nick joke in The Simpsons, isn't it? I have a theory that you have too much blood. <laughs> What's the purchase history of this jokester? Stay tuned for my mate, but a toaster. 
So we've done 2010. There you are. You've just finished your first year at university. And then we're just, we're racing ahead 10 years, right? We're going we're gonna to top and tail with you on this one. Uh, and we're going to come crashing into 2021. Anything we need to know about this happened in the preceding decade in a sentence. <laughs> you can put subclauses in the sentence. That's uh, my 20s. <laughs> great. <laughs> and they're out the way right. now. Right. <laughs> done, done, done. Uh, the, well, the, yes, the, the thing, the main thing that I used Amazon for in my 20s uh, was buying uh, rolling papers and filters because they were cheaper to buy in bulk. Um, yeah, so that's, nice. and now uh, having given up smoking, I have uh, less need for Amazon. Do you, do, do you vape? Are you, are you fully given up? I, I did vape uh, until mid-December and oh. I stopped that. Now, so I've got, I've got a patch on currently. Oh, uh, okay. But yes, this, is, this has been... Yeah, the the longest time that I've uh, been Why? without any sort of thing in my mouth. But to keep the French theme of roll-ups going, now you've just taken up croissants. Yeah, yes, exactly. It's probably <laughs> less healthy than a cigarette, really. It's, yeah, yeah. If you're starting your day with a cigarette and a croissant, is the croissant's going to kill you before the cigarette does. <laughs> it's the croissant's going to kill you All right, so 2021, right? We are in uh, March 2021. Uh, I mean, this is a classic. <laughs> This is a classic, right? This is how you've. This is how the young, uh, enthusiastic academic at Cambridge has become an adult. He's bought a fan of an element. For <laughs> I love this show. I love this show. Well, this is the thing, right? Okay, so our oven uh, wasn't working, and it was clearly mm-hmm. a problem with the element uh, and everything. And my flatmate uh, called up the people at Bosch, and. They said, yeah, someone can come around and replace that element and it'll be £200. Oh, fuck you, Bosch. I know. You, and Bosch. then I was like, well, let's just Google what it is that we need and everything. And we looked that up and the fan element itself was like 20 quid uh, and everything. So so that was a 90% saving uh, on what it could have cost to do this. And yes... It is true that the oven now makes noise sometimes, <laughs> right? <laughs> Does the fire alarm also make a noise? <laughs> I think, look, we haven't died yet. And this is March 2021, bear in mind, okay? So we've gone oh, nearly yes, a year. Yes. This is like it's, it's 10 months that we've been through, yeah. uh, perfectly safe, uh, everything. I think it's just that when we put the back plate back in or something, like something's just going up against the fan or something. I don't know. Oh, fuck uh, it. Fuck it. If it's not making a smell... I don't, yeah, a noise no I can smell. live with. No smell. Because there's nothing worse than the burning metal smell or burning flesh smell. That's a, that's a depressing <laughs> smell. You know things have gone wrong. But I did the similar thing with... Um, it's very similar, in fact. We have a Bosch oven as well. Mm. And the, the light went. But it's it's the light that... Not like a heating light, but it's a special, obviously super strong oven light. Um, and they quoted like 300 quid to come and fix it. And yeah, I bought one on Amazon. And I put it in and I fixed it. The filament went after three weeks and the oven is now dark. But that's fine. <laughs> I still saved a lot of money, but I have a dark oven. But that makes, you know, cooking a bit more exciting when you open the yeah. open the thing. And, oh, I that? think that's absolutely fine. Like Because you have, to, you have to calculate in this life how you want to value things, right? And you, you quite reasonably decided that yeah. you valued being able to see what's going on in your oven at substantially less than three hundred pounds, and so you wouldn't have got three hundred pounds worth of utility out of that purchase. No, there's a number for everything. Whereas the number you've got loads of food out of forty quid's worth of fan of an element. I mean, you've done well there. Mm-hmm. That's a really because food is absolutely vital. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You'd full on die if you don't have that. 
Full on die, full on die. Um, so did you actually, did you get stuck in? Are you quite DIY-y or did your flatmate do the dirty work? Uh, I, I, I was sort of the, the Sue DIYer. <laughs> Is that sure. the equivalent of the sure. Sue chef? The, exe- I mean? the, exec- the exec producer. Like, yeah, I was yeah, handing yeah, I him it. things and holding things and taking things away uh, and whatnot. Um, but he seemed um, he seemed on top of things. And can I predict that the moment in March 2021 where you put the oven on and it worked was the greatest moment of your year? <laughs> I mean, I also got engaged in 2021, so uh, yeah, you're right. I, it, I do the not withdraw of... the statement. <laughs> yeah, 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 it's true though because you fucking look at you when you fix a thing with your hands. <laughs> I had to say, Emma, would you make me the second happiest man in the world? <laughs> the first being, of course, the version of me that existed in mid March. <laughs> Yeah, it's fine. And she and she will go, oh, when you fix the oven, ele- oh, the fan oven. Yeah, of course. I completely understand. We didn't even know each other at that point. So. <laughs> um, I feel obliged to ask you now, how did the how did the engagement go? How, how was the proposal? Was it standard? Did you Very do something well, crazy? Well, it, it wasn't something that uh, I expected to do or she expected me to do. Uh, it, oh. we, we, st- uh, we sort of started seeing each other and a month later uh, no. got engaged. Yeah. No! Uh, it was, yeah, it was very, it's good stuff, actually. Um, oh, that is the good stuff. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> what I really like, uh, the, the one part of it that, like, I think this is the bit of, like, laughter that I will forever regret not having been around for, is that when she told, so she, she lives with some friends of mine, which is why I met her. Uh, in the first place and uh, there's a couple who live in that house been together for several several years uh, and everything and she told uh, her friend Courtney this uh, was happening and Courtney's like oh my god that's amazing and it's really good news obviously it is it's very soon like that's a that's a pretty and her boyfriend Chris just went well I guess when you know you know (laughs) and (laughs) apparently you could just see all of the emotion and realisation on his face (laughs) developed as he clocked exactly what he'd said next to his partner of five years or whatever part two of that sentence is would you like to marry me oh my god that's amazing and is he he, have they proposed to each other yet in that that couple oh fuck oh that is that is dropping oh god that's awful you'd open a window after that one fucking hell Yeah, so it was like, oh, I guess when you know, you know. And um, in other news, I will be moving to a monastery in rural Belgium and uh, I will not be accessible for some time. This has been a great, this has been a great life. Goodbye life. Um, that's delightful. So in many ways, what's the name of your, your fiancé? Emma. Emma, so she was like, she was the fan of an element, 2100 watt fan of an element in your life. Like she just, it just simply came along, it fitted, it worked, and now things are hot. Yeah. Guys, this is so good. <laughs> yeah. And so occasionally lovely. she'll make a noise to indicate that she's uh, displeased. Riding online shops just like a roller toaster. So fun when you're buying all of the strange things online, like books, weight sets, and posters. Come and hear the best of the best of my mate, but a toast.
stuff. Two days later, what did you buy? £23.99 on the... Ah, oh, look, here we go. A bit, a bit of showbiz now. We had to get to the showbiz yeah, eventually. Yeah, very showbiz, oh, this. iPad tripod. The extendable aluminium alloy tripod stand. Someone's doing well for themselves. <laughs> yeah. um, bit of self-taping, bit of gigs from home. Uh, yeah, so, well, gigs from home, I got uh, sort of the webcam. And my, I don't know if... You felt that I don't know how much of this sort of setup you've had uh, in the past, but when when we had to switch towards doing Zoom gigs um, and whatnot, I was very adamant that you know I started hearing of friends who were like buying microphones, buying webcams, all of this sort of thing, and yeah. I really wanted to be like, no, I'm not doing. Like I refuse to believe that this period of our life is going to be long enough that yes. it's going to the, necessitate that. The iceberg was small. I'm going back to my room. That yeah, 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 yeah. And yeah. Uh, then, obviously, uh, that turned out <laughs> not to be the case. So I had to, slightly late in the game, um, bite the bullet and get... Uh, I didn't get the webcam off Amazon, which is why uh, you didn't see it in my history. I did get this microphone from there, though. Um, mm. But, yeah, so I got that. And then, yes, the, uh, the iPad thing... Uh, was for because all of the castings for things like I I basically I never get uh, parts in things but uh, <laughs> but you know I give it a good old go uh, every now and then <laughs> so you know I've I've only ever been in like film and TV as an actor when I've been directly asked I've never successfully auditioned for anything um, and so if your yes. agents listening to this really withdraw that comment yeah. they are spending so much agents my agents are amazing putting me up for all these things and when every single one I don't get of which there are there's been one or two I'm like I'm so sorry you sorted this all out and I'll fucking hell but I like to think of myself I'm not a professional actor I'm a professional auditioner you know mm, it's, mm, a, it's an mm. important thing exactly um, but this um, so this tripod uh, you know I bought now 10 months ago uh, for £24 uh, the you know, financial return on investment yeah. has been zero. <laughs> That's what happened. Nothing that I filmed with it has done anything well, for me. to be honest, uh, if you uh, got a part in, say, Doctors, you need to get two parts in Doctors to pay that back. <laughs> let, me, let me tell you. Yeah. Um, but it's uh, it's genuinely very good. Like, I don't know if, yeah. if, any, if anyone listening has ever had to, like, you know, like lean a phone or an iPad or something on something to try and, oh. you know, it doesn't, it doesn't need to be a self-tape. Like people, you, you find yourself doing this uh, every now and then. Um, then the tripod's really good. Actually, what I just thought of, which I'd never mm. thought of before, but would be really good. Occasionally when I'm uh, cooking, you know, just chopping stuff uh, in the thing and I like to have my iPad on to watch something and I like put that on the kitchen island or whatnot, yeah. and nothing use on or anything. Um, but I've just realised that actually on the tripod that'd be a much more favourable sort of height yes. and everything yes. uh, to be to be watching something on. That could, that's that could also be good. It doesn't need yes. to be for filming things. No, absolutely. I've done the same thing. I've I've used the uh, tripod I bought for my iPhone for self tapes. I set it up on the kitchen table for my kids to have a FaceTime chat with with Granny, like. Lovely. And, uh, well, it's lovely, and, and more has been got out of that than than out of the thing it was yeah. bought for. So that's great. Oh, no, you know. can, can I just say? So both of us 
own mm. one of these things. Yes. And yes. neither of us have yes. <laughs> made any money from... Which is why we're doing some fucking podcast. <laughs> we should be filming Wonka right now, mate. Everyone I know is in fucking Wonka at the moment. Honestly. They've all signed They're all signed NDAs. They're like, I know about eight people who've been in fucking Wonka. And here we are doing a pissing podcast. I love this. I love Basically, I feel as though so many, like, comics particularly have bought these things and we're not actors, but we were like, shit, acting, they're filming stuff, there's no gigs, right, mm. let's let's give this a go. That so many comics have bought these things that unless, like, Nish is the next Bond, <laughs> when, <laughs> then the, absolutely none of us are making any money. That's like, one of us is going to have to get a part so big to make up yeah. for all of the money that our profession has sunk into this crap. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's... It- Economically, it's a it's a 2008 we're looking at here for all this. <laughs> it's a fucking disaster. It's a tripod 2008. Um, listen, uh, moving on, we're running out of time here, but uh, I particularly enjoy here what's what's happened on the 28th of October 2021. You have spent 275 pounds on something mm. which only uh, the other day I saw, and my friend Joel's got one of these, and I was like, I need to get one of these. You have mm. spent 275 pounds on a turntable. Yes. Absolutely brilliant. So I did it because um, I am a middle-class man living in London who turned 30. uh, And that's what you do. It's either you get uh, very into coffee, very into craft beer, or very into vinyl. Uh, And uh, I used to be far too big a drinker uh, to get properly into craft beer. And uh, coffee just makes me shit myself. So got the got the record player instead. I've got I've got the same problem with coffee. Yeah, but I'm really into coffee, and it's a real issue. I thought it was milk, so I started having oat milk, which again is a that's a sign of when same as everything you've just said, but forties, right? <laughs> um, you get into forties, and I'm like, oh, I think I've got a dairy intolerance, but I love my my especially coffee that I make myself in the kitchen. Shit my pants. <laughs> why Why does coffee? Do- like, I know it's supposed to be a bit of a laxative, but, like, am I making it too strong? Am I allergic to it? Uh, it's it's just something it's just something in the Constitution. Like, I remember <clears throat> a couple of years ago, well, well yeah, so it would have been pre-COVID, uh, working on the MASH report, and we were working on it in the offices in Shepherd's Bush of uh, Zepatron, and there was the Nespresso, the machine with the pods and everything, and which has the varying intensities, uh, 12 being the most full-on one. And mm. one day, I was like, everyone else was getting the 12s, and I would normally have a tea. And then one day, I was like, oh, I, I'll, I'll, try, I'll try one of those. Uh, the, and I had that, and those are now called char killers uh, <laughs> in that moment, because I had one sip of it, went, I'll be back in a minute, and then was just away for like a, a while. I think Shah's just prolapsed because of a pod. <laughs> yeah. That is, that is extraordinary. So, that was the thing. Nice. It's like, so the teas and coffees run, who would always just be like, uh, so that's uh, tea and three shark killers. <laughs> oh, yeah. my God. Please tell me someone's got one of those label machines and they put a sticky label <laughs> on the drawer with shark killers. That is fucking beautiful. I can't. I don't quite know how we've gotten to coffee making a shit ourselves from mm. the turntable. But yeah. um, how how is the turntable working out for you? Really good. And I, I really like it. So... 
I was uh, I I was always a person who like my sister is the more sort of like musical uh, one of the two of us, or mm. no, knows more about music. I don't. She doesn't play any instruments, and I do. But um, she's uh, she's the more knowledgeable um, yeah. about that sort of thing, and. I would find it very easy. Like, I would always find it relaxing to have music on or whatever, but never found myself doing it for whatever reason. And now that I've got this, it's just a really nice thing, like, while cooking or if you've got people over for dinner or what have you and you put a few albums on, it's just, like, it's just a very nice thing to be able to and to, mm. to sit through something uh, mm. and whatnot, you know? It's, like, um, it sort of reminded me of how, like, you know, I read loads of articles and very few books now. Mm. Uh mm. And this is the same thing, like, it's like you go on, like, I love having Spotify uh, and what have you, but you go on that and you're like, all right, this three minute song, this three minute song, this three minute song. Uh, yes. But it is uh, very nice. Like, um, last night, uh, my parents came over for dinner and uh, I just, yeah, uh, yeah, with the croissants. Um, mm -hmm. And yeah, I put a, a few Bob Dylan albums on. Uh, and my mother, when uh, Mr. Tambourine Man came on, my mum was like, you know, this is the first song I ever learnt in English. Uh, this. And it was like this lovely thing. And we talked about like her music teacher at school when she first came to the UK, uh, everything. Um, and yeah, it was it was a lovely thing that um, would, wouldn't have happened if we if we didn't have the, uh, and an album going on, you know? Yes. Yes, they're more sociable. They're better. They're better fitted to people. There's no doubt about it. Mm. It's 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 like thinking back to a time when I didn't look at Twitter within seconds of waking up. Yeah. I used to stop tapes and turn them over. I used to stop my vinyl and turn it over. And the, the you know my favorite album ever, uh, The Queen Is Dead by the Smiths. You know there is a very clear defining moment before um, Big Mouth where the album has to be turned over. Like it's in two parts. It's built for that. Mm. Hey, there it is! Look, he's got it. Yes. Yeah. Best album of all time. Best album of all time. Look, it's it's tragic. It's tragic that their singer died. Uh, <laughs> yeah, totally. So, what happened to that guy? It was, a, it was he had a nasty he had a nasty accident involving his mouth. Um, and yeah, I may I hear I had uh, something like being a Morrissey and Smiths fan was what I was known as. You know, I had the big sideburns. I had I had about twenty Morrissey shirts, and I just had to. It's basically, the admin uh, and cost of cancelling. Never let it be said that cancelling is an easy, offhand thing to do. It's cost me money. I've had to buy new shirts to replace all my Smiths t-shirts. Poor me. Yeah. Uh, when, uh, uh, it was very fun when I when I took delivery of a couple of Smiths albums and I opened it up in front of my flatmate and it, it, as he saw me holding them, he was just like, I, hear, I see you're a self-racist now. <laughs> 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 yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, if you heard uh, Morrissey's the Morrissey song "Bengali and Platforms," if yeah. only do you know this song? If only there was yeah. some indication. The National Front Disco. If only there was some indication that Morrissey <laughs> was that way. Oh God. Um, so, so vinyl's been a success. Very good. I, I, my vinyl player is in the loft, and I need to get it out. So this has been a good vinyl inspiration. Um, what's interesting then is first uh, of November, twenty twenty one. You've done really well here. You've bought a load of musical downloads, so vinyl's obviously going well. Two days later, you've got um, <laughs> you've bought well, Big Michael, Stormzy, The State I Am Me in by Ben Sebastian, again, one of my favourite bands, um, Octopussy by The Wedding Present, and For Tomorrow by Blur. Yes, so this this is one thing that I have uh, found buying stuff online very useful for, because, you know, when I'm on tour... 
and what have you, and just want to be able to say to a venue, like, this is the music that I would like uh, before the show and during the interval and whatnot. And some some venues, like, have some sort of deal with Spotify and some places are like, no, we can't use that. So I found that the easiest thing was just have it all bought, have it all uh, sort of on... I've got... um like an old phone of my dad's that I basically just use as a mp3 player because that's still got a headphone jack and whatnot. Um, what's your walk-on music of choice? And so, uh, it's, oh, what's it going to be? It it was, last year was uh, Big Michael by Stormzy. Yeah. Okay. Uh, which I, I really enjoy uh, because it just opens with said I went mainstream, suck your mom, not top two, <laughs> top one. And I thought that's such a, like, that's such a ridiculously arrogant way for a stand up to walk on stage that I'd really. You better enjoy. be fucking good yeah, if you're yeah. doing that. I was like, no, I'm carrying like nearly 18 months of rust on me. Of course, I'm not good enough for that <laughs> as an intro. In many ways, the intro is the best bit of the show. Yeah, yeah. which is why I found it so that. funny. But yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a joke for me. <laughs> <laughs> They're the best jokes. Um, you know that uh, sort of yeah. The the idea of the the digital load to carry around on tour and things like that is a lot easier. David Bowie famously uh, used to travel around with uh, like two or three out on tour, two or three suitcases full of books. He was an obsessive reader, and mm. he had to have his books with him all the time. So he used to have cases and cases of books, like basically a mobile library. Ah, uh, well, so in, in this day and age, you'd just be on the Kindle, and that would be. Oh, no. uh, yeah. Oh, no. uh, a, a story that I heard about Bowie, which again, I don't know if it's true, but I, I think it's uh, a fun one. Uh, if it is, uh, I hope it is. Uh, much like the doctor hand washing thing. Got no idea. Mm. Like, I think that's yeah. pretty true. But um, yeah, stick so with it. I heard that Bowie used to like sit outside cafes with a Greek, like a newspaper in Greek. Do you know this? No. Um, so, because, like, people would... And he couldn't read Greek uh, or anything like that. But um, to stop people coming up to him, yeah. like, people would just be walking past and thinking, God, that Greek guy looks a lot like David <laughs> Bowie. <laughs> that is genius! Yeah, very clever. That is genius. I love that. There's no way it could be David Bowie, because that's good. <laughs> Great news! I did a similar thing. I remember when I was first living in London, I read a French book on the tube to try and impress people that I was reading a French book, but people just probably thought I was French. <laughs> yeah. How fucking stupid is that? <laughs> London, in a city with one of the largest French yeah. populations on yeah, 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 yeah. Can, can you read French? Um, I don't know. I didn't read it. I was too busy looking for attractive ladies to be impressed by me reading a French book. <laughs> All right, listen, final thing here, and this is something we've mentioned already. Uh, this is, well, it's the best film ever made. I mm-hmm. think that's that has to be uh, established factually now forever. Uh, Paddington 2, not so called because it's a sequel, but in fact because that's how many times you have to watch it as soon as you buy it. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um, it's just it's just a complete master's, masterpiece and comes in at exactly one hour, 30 minute on the nose. Oh, I didn't even know that about it, but that mm. is perfect. Mm. Like, have you seen this stuff about like with this new Batman film is going to be nearly three hours and whatnot? And it's like it's fine when you do that with a Bollywood film because they have an interval. Everything. Do they? Do they build yeah. interval? Like you go, oh, you go and see okay. a film in India and everything, oh. and it's like yeah, it'll be an hour and a half, and then you can go out and have a wee, oh. and then come back for the next hour and a half. Is, it's is Bollywood is, is Bollywood run by comedy club promoters? God, have an interval, <laughs> mate, for the bar. <laughs> For the bar take. Wow, I didn't know that. But yeah, so I can't, I can't be dealing with these um, uh, Hollywood films with the run rate twice the size of a human bladder. Um, oh, but yes, oh. Paddington 2 is extraordinary. I'd not seen either of them until uh, the end of uh, 2021. Uh, and I think it was that the first one was on Netflix. 
Uh, and so uh, just one afternoon, Emma said, oh, I'd like to watch just like a nice film. Like, And we saw that that was on there. And we're like, oh, I've heard that that's a, a good thing. Like I've heard it got really good reviews. It might just be a kid's film, but let's, uh, let's check it out. And then we watched it. And at the end of it, I was just like, Okay, so now we're watching Paddington 2, right? That's, <laughs> how, how do we get that? <laughs> Straight into it. It's I mean yeah. it's it's yeah. I mean listen, we don't need to we don't need to go on about how good it is. It's a complete masterpiece. Full of full of great jokes. It's gorgeous. Every so often I get sad when I remember he's not real. <laughs> like mm. and just like scuttling about London on his little scrapes. But like, also Ben Ben Wishaw is in Bond and I'm just watching Bond and I'm like Paddington's doing some good tech right, isn't it? <laughs> to, help, to help James Bond. I can't, I can't think of someone, and correct me if I'm, if I'm wrong, listeners at ToasterPod on Twitter, I can't think of an actor whose voice is so associated with the cartoon and yet when they carry on acting, I'm just looking at them going, no, that is that cartoon character. Really? Well, maybe there is. There are probably dozens. People will tweet us now. But I, I hear his voice and I'm just like, that's Paddington doing... No, doing... that's true, because normally when you get like celebrity in like a Pixar film or whatever... And you'd be like, you know, oh no, that is that is Eddie Murphy, and you're thinking yes. of the man Eddie Murphy, not the mm. cartoon character that's mm. being played. But you're saying that this time the cartoon it's, overrides. He he has so in because I knew who he was before, and I'd watched him in stuff before. But yeah. the impact of how brilliant that character is, and how t- how closely tied it is with his actual voice for me, yeah. means I can't watch him in anything else now. And I wonder. <laughs> If there are other people, what what a lovely curse that that's would be to have. A, that's really fascinating because at least like Bond and like the role of Q is a bit silly uh, as mm. well, so that fits it. But I just imagine, imagine watching something quite heavy, like watching London Spy, which is very good. Yes, <laughs> like it has Ben Wishaw. Oh, ben Wishaw's trying to like discover the truth about his lover's death. And, oh. Uh, it, it's, oh, oh no, Paddington, <laughs> you loved that guy so much, and now he's dead. <laughs> oh, maybe his aunt could come over from Peru and help him to, <laughs> to find the truth. I think it's amazing. I think it's wonderful. I also love the fact about Paddington too, which I think I've told before on this podcast. The scene at the end with Hugh Grant dancing in the prison was the first fit, first thing he filmed when he joined the project. So really? his, fir- his first day or two of filming was that. That's so great. Love that fact. Isn't that brilliant? Yeah. Listen, from high philosophy to the best film ever made, uh, this has been a wonderful tour of your uh, of your purchases. It's been a wonderful tour of you here. I think you're fantastic, a brilliant stand-up comic. Uh, you've got a tour happening at the moment, is that right, or coming up? Yes, I'm touring a show called Dress, uh, so tickets and dates are at ahirshah.com. I love it. Thank you so much for coming on the show. It's been really nice to hang out and uh, let me have a rifle through your bits and bobs. Absolute pleasure. Cheers. That is Ahir Shah, and that is today's episode of My Mate Bought a Toaster. Thank you, team. I hope you enjoyed yourselves. Um, listen, if you get a chance, I know I go on about this, please just switch off if you're bored of this already. Um, do jump on to your nearest podcast platform and give us a lovely five-star review if you can, because uh, it really helps, and more and more people discover the show, and that's just a lovely thing um, for my ego. I'm not going to lie to you guys. That's what it's all about. Next week, the brilliant Maisie Adam is going to be coming on. Uh, she has a story about a lava lamp that might be one of the funniest things I've ever heard on my mate bought a toaster. Uh, so make sure you're here next week for that. If you want that in advance, you know about the Patreon.com uh, slash toasterpod. That is available for your ears now. Four pounds a month? Come on. It's a bargain. See you soon now. Bye. It's my mate bought toaster. Oh, it's my mate bought toaster. Made more toaster, oh, oh, toaster, oh, my love,
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.